My husband at the time, we were trying to have children and we tried for seven years. That was my life. I was working full time, he was working and my, my other full time job was to try to get pregnant and we went through everything and anything you could imagine to try to have a child. Um, fertility treatments, surgeries, um, IUIs, drugs, medications, in vitro fertilization. We did 15 cycles total. I, I'm open about pretty much everything in my life. So I started talking about it. People would come to me, oh my gosh, I've gone through this, or how do you, so as I started talking about it, people came to me and I thought, this is amazing. Like I can share my story, I can hear their story, we can you know, be a support system for each other. And I thought I should start something here locally. There's a community right in our community that needs this. So I came up with Hopeful Hearts. I wanted to bring resources to these women in addition to encouraging them and offering support and love. Yeah, and then just being being there and letting them know that they're not alone because it was, I mean, it's challenging. And I think that if you don't have something bigger than you that you believe in, it can be really tough. I mean, my faith has gotten me through everything. Um, and my faith has gotten stronger because of my struggles and because of those dark places. Um, but one thing that's like exciting and I love is, and I've learned, is nothing stays the same, nothing. And that can be sometimes a little disappointing or discouraging when you're in a great place because you think, oh gosh, could, is this gonna stay like this? And it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're in a good place and things change, it has to go bad. It just, things are gonna be different at some point. But it's also very encouraging because if you are in a low place, it's, you're not gonna be there forever. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing does, good, bad, or, or whatever. Things are always changing. Our lives are often filled with worry and chaos as the media propagates one negative story after another, bringing divide and tension within topics such as politics, religion, and race relations. These stories fuel hatred and confusion while people continue to live in fear. Yet through all this negative energy, many are delivering messages of wisdom and hope, encouraging positive change, and that's something I'm aiming to do. My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm hopeful for our future, but we must be the change and not be a spectator in life, looking from the outside in. For as long as I could remember, I've been fascinated by people's stories. Stories speak to us, and since the beginning of time, the human race has prospered by passing down wisdom told through the essence of story. It's a way for people to aspire to become the hero they know they could be, seeing their higher self through the wisdom of others. What started out as a hobby has quickly turned into my life mission, and as I deliver a new guest each Sunday, I'll aim to prompt the questions you may be thinking, and through the power of listening, I'll allow the guests to speak and articulate their points of view in order to give you the headspace you need to realize your own hero's journey. We are one race. We are one people. Help spread the word about American Real, and together, let's make great stories go viral to inspire, enlighten, and empower those we love and the masses we hope to reach. Welcome to another edition of American Real, where this week we welcome Elisa Trosha, who says, 
Faith is the base of everything I do. This young entrepreneur drops an episode full of genuine value that I'm confident will inspire people across the board. Elisa provides an overview in how she takes control of her dreams and desires and puts them into action, be it through writing down her goals, creating a vision board, or manifesting her career moves. Elisa discusses her seven-year struggle with infertility and how she created a support group, Hopeful Hearts, to help women going through the same. Our guest discusses the power of reaping the harvest of the seeds that we sow, the hard work behind the glamour, the pain of divorce, and how she approaches social media for her clients and herself. Finally, Elisa tells us about the legacy she wants to leave and why she approaches everything with grace. So sit back and relax as I welcome Elisa Trosha. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Elisa Trosha, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. radio personality, and longtime friend. <laughs> Elisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Roger. I was saying earlier that I couldn't wait to do this because you inspire, especially young women, and I admire that. You're an entrepreneur, and really you're a go-getter. <laughs> you have so much going on, yes. and I just wanted to be able to sit down and share your story. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about your latest venture, which is you are, you are, you're now a radio personality. I am. Tell us about that. How did that all come to be? It's crazy. Um, I was going through a really difficult time in my life. Um, I was going through a, a separation and divorce, and I was in a really negative place. I was very depressed. I was running my company, ECG Promotions. It's a marketing agency. And um, maintaining it... Nobody really knew that I was kind of in this dark place, um, but there were days where I just didn't even get out of bed. And so I'm really lucky that I worked so hard to get my business to where it was so that I was able to, things were just going. Um, otherwise, I don't know how I would have you know, paid bills and, and made things happen. And I was in this place, and one of my girlfriends is um, a yogi. She's traveled all over, the, all over the world. And she said something very simple to me. She said, you need to start journaling. She's like, I want you to do a gratitude journal every day and um, you know, write everything that you're thankful for. And then also write down a list of your goals, small, large, anything and everything. It could be to what you wanna, it could be a fitness goal, it could be long-term um, buying properties, it could be health, whatever it may be. And she said, start doing that and you're gonna start to see some things kind of cross over, some things are just gonna be one day, some days it may be the same things every day. And you'll start to see a trend and just, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So that in combination with um, prayer, a lot of prayer and just talking to God and asking him to reveal to me, like, what, wh where am I supposed to be? Am I, what am I doing? Um, should I move? Should I stay? And so in that journaling and prayer, it just, one day I was like, you know, I really, I like broadcasting and communication. And I didn't go to school for that, but I had been immersed in radio, specifically doing media sales for eight plus years and I've been in front of the camera for different things that I've been involved in, um, done TV commercials and things like that. So it wasn't something that I was scared of or intimidated of. It wasn't completely out of left field. Um, but yeah, so I just, it kind of came to me and I thought there's a station local in our market and they didn't really have, um, the DJ didn't have a co-host in the morning. So I just, on a whim, I said, I should be his co-host. So I called up a contact that I had there 
and I said, this is going to be really random, but you guys need me on your morning show. And he's like, Alisa, what are you talking about? And I said, um, yeah, I would like to talk to you guys about joining the morning show. Um, I'm not going to stop anything that I'm doing. I'm going to continue to run my business, but you need me. And he's like, I'm going to put you in touch with our GM. So he called me right up and <laughs> we met and he was like, what is this all about? And I said, um, I want to bring back the net, like the charm of radio and, um, the entertainment value and just people being able to relate to somebody and you need me. <laughs> and he was like, let me think about this. And a couple days later, um, I, I'm not sure if he, we talked on the phone or met again, maybe we met again. And he said, what do you want? I said what I wanted, and that was pretty much it. Wow. So you, in a lot of ways, you manifested that. I did. Yeah. Is yeah. that the first time that you've ever truly put something out there that you wanted to do and made no, it happen? absolutely not. No, I do. I'm very big on goals. I, at the end of the year and the beginning of the new year, I, I make a list of my goals every year. I write them down. I think that's really important think about them. I write them down. I speak them. I talk about them. I make a vision board every year. Um, I put pictures of things that I want, um, things that I want to achieve, anything from monetary, uh, you know, this is how much I want to make. This is what I want in my bank account. This is the type of car I want to drive. This is the dog that I want, everything. And you, it's amazing to see things kind of come to life and you put it in a place where you can look at it and see it on a regular basis. And I pray about it. Prayer is huge. I mean, faith is the base of everything that I do. And no, I've manifested a lot of things in my life. My home that I'm in right now, um, I looked at my home, I walked through it and I said, this is going to be my home. I told the realtor, I said, I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to pray in the home. And I said, you can stay or go. I, I prayed and I said, this is my home. And I, I just, I received it. And, um, there were a couple of things. It was, it's been a pretty smooth transition, the whole, um, home buying process, but a couple of things kind of came up, but I, I knew they were going to work out and they did. And it was on my vision board and I'm in my home now. And that's incredible. My dog was on my vision board. I mean, my car was on my vision board. Yeah. And how long have you been practicing this? Hmm. A long time. Um, I started doing goals. I'm a list person. Always have been. I'm very organized. I mean, I need, I'm organized to be organized. Um, everything in my home has a place. It, it has to have a home and a place. And if it doesn't, I don't want it. If somebody leaves something at my house that isn't mine, get it out because it doesn't belong there. Um, it just everything has a place. And I'm that way with everything in my life. My business, my belongings, um, how I treat people. It's just, I'm very orderly and I need things to have in order for me to like function. Um, so I've been that way forever. The vision board came to me um, when I was going through infertility and just looking for, I started a support group called Hopeful Hearts. And I was always looking for different ways to encourage the, the women that were in my support group to just kind of encourage them and support them and, and give them you know, something to look forward to and help them to manifest things that they wanted. And that was something that I had learned about. So that was, I've been doing it for, I don't know, almost, I don't know, 10 plus years. And this is great because again, you were in the group or you started this group. Yes. It was something you were going through, but you were helping others at the same time. Yeah. That's yeah. just how you are. Yeah. It was amazing. It was, um, 
I just, I don't know, I felt called to do it. My husband, at the time, we were trying to have children, and we tried for seven years. That was my life. I was working full-time, he was working, and my, my other full-time job was to try to get pregnant, and we went through everything and anything you could imagine to try to have a child. Um, fertility treatments, surgeries, um, IUIs, drugs, medications, in vitro fertilization. We did 15 cycles total. Um, we did a surrogate twice with my sister-in-law. Um, I still have two embryos frozen, actually. Yeah, we went through a lot. Um, and in that time, it was, it was emotional. I mean, it was a roller coaster. You start off and you're like, okay, we can do this, and this is an option, and you get really excited, and um, we had successes and failures, and stuff like that can really break you. Um, you know, you have resources and stuff. I remember going through it, and my fertility doctors were in Syracuse, which is two hours from us. So I was in Syracuse back and forth two to three times, or three to four times a week, every week, for months, for years. And it was to the point where I was starting to, like, it was weighing on me. Um, so they were like, well, we have a support group up here you can attend. But I'm like, I am here so much. Like, I, I can't. And I was very open about my struggles. Um, I, I'm open about pretty much everything in my life. So I started talking about it. People would come to me. Oh, my gosh, I've gone through this. Or how do you? So as I started talking about it, people came to me. And I thought, this is amazing. Like, I can share my story. I can hear their story. We can, you know, be a support system for each other. And I thought I should start something here locally. There's a community right in our community that needs this. So I came up with Hopeful Hearts. And my mom is my biggest cheerleader. She was like, let's do it. And my church allowed us to use a space there. And we met once, um, once a month for years. Um, gosh, for years. At least three years, I think longer, to be honest with you. Um, and we helped a lot of women. A lot of women. I think... All the women that came through our group, um, all but three, including myself, have success and have children now, whether it's in vitro, on their own, adoption. Um, Isn't that something? Yeah. How gratifying, was, too, right? For it you. was amazing. Yeah. To yeah. See that. We would have, I would bring in guest speakers, we would do projects, crafts. Um, we had a book that we went through and we kind of go through the chapters and we had an acupuncturist and just. A lot of resources. I wanted to bring resources to these women in addition to encouraging them and offering support and love. Right. Right. Because without resources, people may not know where to go, where to turn, yes. what to do. Yep. Yeah. And then just being, being there and letting them know that they're not alone because it was, I mean, it's challenging. And it was fortunate but unfortunate that I had gone through probably more than anybody else. Um, and so I had, I was able to, okay, I, you can get through this. Mm -hmm. This is what this is like. Mm -hmm. So, What advice do you have for women, couples, that may be going through it now and just, they don't have a support group. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, it, like, like you said, it's very depressing. Right. What advice do you have? I would say don't hide it. I think a lot of people are ashamed of it. Um, and it's, it's personal, and it's scary, and it's emotional, and it's intimate. So a lot of people are embarrassed, don't want to talk about it. But if you don't talk about it, you can't get help, you can't get comfort. I remember 
we had success three times. I had three pregnancies that didn't result in a child, um, three miscarriages, but I never, I always wanted to share those victories. For me in life, it's all about celebrating victories, the small, the big, and anything, not just in this case. But um, I remember people saying, well, maybe you shouldn't say anything. And I said, no. I said, it may hurt if I if it doesn't work out. And then people are like, oh. But then you have that support system. And I mean, I had amazing people around me cheering me on and supporting me and I just, I couldn't have done it without that love. So I would say don't be ashamed to talk and afraid to talk about it. And also, um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to hurt. I think sometimes we think, well, we have to be strong. And it broke me. Um, I'm not going to lie. It broke me. And I think it's what was the demise of my marriage ultimately. But I, I mean, it brought me to a dark place. Um, and I remember feeling super alone, even with this community of people and the, and the group, I, I felt alone. I was like, oh, I'm helping all these people, but I felt like I was in this little bubble and the world was just kind of going on around me. So it's okay to be sad and to experience those feelings and to let them out because I just kept feeling like I couldn't, I'm disappointing or I'm not good enough or I'm not doing my job as a wife. And um, those are all natural feelings. So if you were, knowing what you know now, if you mm -hmm. were to go back, would you do anything different? And honestly, I don't know if I would do anything different. I don't think in my life I would do much different. Um, even in my biggest mistakes, um, I don't really have a lot of regrets. I have things that I'm not proud of. I have things that maybe I'm a little ashamed of. Um, who doesn't? Right. But I don't think I re regret anything or would do anything completely different because I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. And that's how we learn, right, from yeah. our mistakes. Yes. If we don't 100%. make mistakes, how could, we, how could we learn? Right, yeah. You have an amazing energy about you, and I don't think that's a coincidence. It sounds like from everything you've said so far, mm -hmm. you're really thoughtful about everything you do. Everything mm -hmm. has its place. Yeah. How important is energy to you? Oh, my gosh. Um, what you, I mean we've all read the book, The Secret, or you've heard of it. What you put out is what you get back. And it, I mean, depending on what you believe in, some people believe it's the universe. Um, for me, it's God and it's the Holy Spirit. Um, some people believe in karma. I believe in seeding and sowing and seed time and harvest. Um, we reap the harvest of the seeds that we sowed. So what you put into something is what you are going to get out. Um, our thoughts and our words are really, really powerful. Um, we can speak life and death with a tongue. Um, so if you think it and you speak it and you put it into action, that's what you're going to get back. So if you want positivity and health and wellness and life and love, then you need to, it starts on the inside, but you have to think it, then you speak it and then you act on it and you will get it. And sometimes our harvest takes a little bit of time, but you will get it. And, um, you know, I have made some mistakes in my life where when I was in a dark place, sometimes we go through things that are not our fault and it sucks. It sucks. Um, and sometimes we're in a, a place because we've made decisions that weren't good and we did that to ourselves. So sometimes it's other people or other things that put us in a place and sometimes it's ourselves. Whatever it may be, um, I think it's important to not stay the victim and get yourself out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about perception and how you think about things. And I mean, if I wanted to be sad right now, 
I could put myself in a state. I mean, I could think about something that's happened to me that was really hard or um, a moment. And if I think about it long enough and I, you know, I mean, I can put myself in a place where I'm upset. It's sometimes harder to pull ourselves out. Um, but if I want to be happy, I can be happy. It's really a state of mind. Yeah. Do you think people struggle with that, with if they're in a dark place, mm -hmm. being able to take themselves out of it? Oh, yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. And I think that if you don't have something bigger than you that you believe in, it can be really tough. I mean, my faith has gotten me through everything. Um, and my faith has gotten stronger because of my struggles and because of those dark places. Um, but one thing that's like exciting and I love is, and I've learned, is nothing stays the same. Nothing. And that can be sometimes a little disappointing or discouraging when you're in a great place because you think, oh gosh, could, is this going to stay like this? And it doesn't necessarily mean that because you're in a good place and things change, it has to go bad. It just, things are going to be different at some point. But it's also very encouraging because if you are in a low place, it's, you're not going to be there forever. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing does. Good, bad, or, or whatever. Things are always changing. So that is encouraging. And But it is. It's tough unless you have that support or um, a belief in something bigger than you. It's hard. Yeah. You can't do it alone. And sometimes it takes, as you said, it doesn't happen overnight, right? right? So things that we do today may affect us three months, six months nine months down the road. Oh, 100%. So it's really important every day to be consistent in your endeavors. Absolutely. I, I learned that with my business. You know, I worked very, very hard to build ECG promotions up. And fortunately, I, all of that hard work, I was able to kind of sit in that harvest when I was in my low place. And those days that I didn't get up and leave the house, money was still coming in, my bills were still being paid because I was living in the harvest of all those seeds that I planted. But unfortunately, I took, I was in this dark place for so long that I wasn't planting the seeds for the new harvest. So then I felt that. And now I'm still coming out of that resident. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you always have to be thinking about those seeds and planting them. And you plant them in good soil and you water them and you love on them and they will grow. Sometimes it takes longer, but if you plant in bad soil, you're not going to get a good crop, or if any. So it is. It's 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 a timing, but consistency is key in everything. A couple things come to mind. Um, the first thing is diversifying. I think about you mm -hmm. and all the different things you're doing. How important is diversity in just setting yourself up for success? So, I think diversifying as a whole is important. I mean, whether it's your financial portfolio, whether whatever it may be, I think it's always a good thing to um, not put all of your eggs in one basket, um, for it to be cliche. But for me, I am, I'm just an interested in a lot of things. I'm passionate about a lot of things. And I believe that when you are passionate about something, it's there for a reason. So I like to move on that. And I, I think that there's a synergy between everything that I do. Um, I am involved in a lot. There's sometimes I need to check myself and like, okay, Elisa, you can't do everything. You have to pick and choose. And sometimes I have to reel myself in because I, I just, I get excited about so many different things. Um, but there is, like I said, there is a synergy. There is a, a linkage to everything that I do in one way or another. One thing kind of benefits the other in some way and they interweave. Um, 
because I'm something that I'm like passionate. It's like deep rooted in me. Um, but yeah, I love that. And then I can, if something isn't going quite right, you've got something else to kind of lean on and yeah. And I don't get bored. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's what's great about it. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that came to mind uh, on your last point is that a lot of times when people reach a levels of success <laughs> where maybe they, you know, were, were received a promotion or mm -hmm. maybe they came into some money through some other efforts is at that point, that's not the time to slow down, no. right? Because as you put it earlier, looking three, six, nine months <clears> down the road and Ed Milet, I don't know if you know Ed, he, he talks a lot about this on his podcast where you have to plant the seeds yeah. daily. Yes. Because every day they will dry up. They do. If you aren't planting them, if you aren't watering them, if you aren't loving on them, they do. They, you won't have your harvest. And this is where I think people get confused where, say, they're looking, especially younger people, they're looking at social media and all the celebrities, and, but they don't see the hard work yes. that went into getting them there. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I get that a lot. So a lot of the stuff that I'm involved in, it looks really glamorous. And it is. There's there's a lot of glamorous things to what I do, but there's a lot of nitty gritty behind the scenes and hard work and blood, sweat, and tears. And I've had models that have worked for me, or interns, or people that have worked for me that um, don't want to put in the work. They just want to be that. They want that stardom and that glamorized like success. And oh, I want what she has. I want. But it's it's hard. It's I mean, it's putting in the work. It doesn't just come. For example, what time do you get up in the morning? Four. <laughs> Four a.m. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. figured. <laughs> yes. No, and that, that and, and again, that's really why I wanted to have this conversation because these are the things that could help people, <laughs> right? And you know, people look at Instagram and all they see is the glitz, the glamour, right. the but, highlight reel. But what's happening right. to Elisa and others that are putting in this work? behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're a radio personality. You have your own business. Mm -hmm. You run a charity that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, your days are busy, right. right? And I assume it's not Monday through Friday, it's 24/7. Right. Well, when you own your own business, like, there's really never you don't you're never not working. But if you enjoy what you're doing, then it's not working. Um, if that makes sense. One thing my mom taught me always, she was like, "Love what you do. Love what you do." And I do. I mean, I was able to create something that I enjoyed and it represents all of me and a brand that didn't exist. And um, you really can do anything that you want. You just have to put in the work. And you had mentioned when you get to the top of that success and um, a body emotion stays in motion. I say that all the time. I mean, I could crash and burn um, if, I, if I rest and allow myself, like I like to take naps. I'm a napper. I'm notorious. I love my naps. But it can sometimes get me into trouble because, and I think to myself, I didn't really need that nap. I just did it because my puppies are so darn cute and I just, I couldn't leave them and they were so cozy on me, but a body emotion stays in motion. Just keep going. You feel that momentum. And there's another quote that I love, but don't put off till tomorrow that which you can do today. Don't do it. If you can do it, get it done. There's always going to be more stuff that you can do tomorrow or get it done so you can play a little. That's great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Curious about the co-host at the radio station. Yeah. How was he approached on the idea and, and, and oh boy. from then till now, what's happened with the... That's funny that you say that. So Brian, he's awesome. Um, he loves me. 
<laughs> no, we have a great relationship. I we've never really I've never really talked about this with him, but he I don't think they talked to him about it a whole lot. Um, it was presented to him kind of quickly, like as I was coming in. Um, so I don't think he was prepared, and I don't think he liked me. Um, I. <laughs> He has been doing this forever. He's very good at what he does, and he's been doing radio for his whole life. He went to school for it, and he's just, everybody knows him in our market. He's a great guy. And, and it's funny, because I've been in radio before, but I had never met him until then. So when I was introduced, um, I think he, and this is my perception, I could be wrong, but this is the feeling that I got. I think he was like, who is this girl? Where did she come from? And I, I don't want to say threatened, because it's not it was I wasn't a threat but I think it was a little of like don't you're in my territory mm -hmm. and he didn't know if he could trust me like is she gonna be a fly by night um she's I didn't I think that's where but I I gained his trust I didn't give up there was a couple of times where I was like oh no I have worked way too hard to build a name for myself in this community and stuff to look like a fool to thousands of people on the radio because a couple of times I felt like he threw me under the bus a little. Um, or, you know, it just was playful, but I think it was him, like, testing me. And I gave it right back. We have an amazing relationship. Um, we get along tremendous, and I think, I think he misses me when I'm not there. <laughs> and I have a feeling whether it was you or someone else, he would have felt <clears throat> the same because of the situation, right? Someone was coming in. Right. But what a great story that it yeah. it did work out. Yes. And that you're yes. both prospering from 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 the relationship. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. I think I mean, he's had a lot of co-hosts in the past, so I I think the idea of somebody working with him wasn't new. I think the thing that he might have been a little maybe didn't take me serious was because I didn't come from a radio a radio background to that degree. And um so it was like I've been doing this forever, and you're going to throw this girl in with me. But then it was slowly, gosh, you do, you know everybody. Or, you know, it, it started to, it, it, it works. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. So let's segue into your <clears throat> business a little bit. Okay. Social media. Yes. What are some of the things that you're doing for your clients? Yeah, so social media management, I mean, that's huge right now. Um, we can build the a profile for them on any social media platform and manage it for them so we can interact with their fans grow their their followers post um, consistent content relevant content um, action-based content and we can do online promotion so just making sure that people have a presence in the media platform that is best for their business. So there's so many different forms of social media out there, but you don't necessarily have to be in all, involved in all of them, but knowing who your market is and then where, okay, so this is your market, now what are they doing? Are they Facebook? Are they Pinterest? Are they Instagram? Are they YouTube? Are they, um, do you need to do a blog? Whatever it may be. So recognizing that and then guiding them, um, helping them manage it or just managing it for them. And what about you personally? How do you manage your own social media? And does that play into how you help your clients? Sure. The same, um, the same practices that I would use for myself, I use for my clients and vice versa. And you can use, I mean, it's, it's a formula. It's no different than anything that you do with my marketing, with the social media. It's, it's all a formula. And then you just plug in and kind of customize based on the client, what their needs are, what their market is. So can we take an example of like Instagram? Mm -hmm. what, what, what is your routine with Instagram? Just so we could have an idea, maybe it could help, help people figure their... 
So situation. Instagram is really, um, well, with anything, it's consistency. We're going to come back to that. You want to make sure that your message um, is, so think about what you want your message to be, first of all, so that you have some sort of an idea. Whether you write it out or it's just kind of in your head, you don't want to confuse people. Like, what is my message? Whether you, your brand, because I feel like I am my own brand, and then I have my business, and then I have, you know, I represent what I, you know what I mean? I, I am my own brand. And so I have to maintain a level of that for my own and then my business is a brand, and my clients have their own brand. So what is that brand? What do I want that message to be? And then how can I convey it? Consistency is key. Don't over-promise. Um, over so if you think, I'm going to do one day a month, one day a week, whatever it may be that works for you, try to stick with it. I think that's really important because sometimes we get over-ambitious or overzealous, and we're like, okay, we're going to go gangbusters, and then we get busy or or things kind of fall off. And so you can lose people. So you just want to make sure that you're consistent across the board. Um, also, you don't want to bombard people. I mean, I'm involved in a lot of different things, and some of it is direct sales marketing. I have, you know, I represent Rodan and Fields and Green Compass CBD in addition to ECG, and I um, promote things for my clients. So I, I don't want my posts, I want everything to come across as authentic. So I try to find relatable ways to share the message with people, whether it's... Um, a photograph, and then you also kind of follow the trends. Like I, I watch, like out of my own page, what do people like to see? What is what gets the most likes? And then I can recreate something like that, and then have a powerful message attached to it. Um, and then you want to have a balance. And I posted this somewhere. Shaquille O'Neal's mom. This is so funny. Um, she came up with a formula for how he does his social media, and he does. Um, and now I'm going to forget because. And we're, we're talking about it, but he does um, a, a percentage that's funny and then a percentage that's um, promotional. So, I mean, you want to have a balance. Mm -hmm. And if you look at my page, um, my dogs are on there. You know, I talk about my business stuff, um, my modeling, family. Like, that's kind of Mix like, it up. it's my shtick, you yeah. know? And those are my things, and I kind of stick with that. And it's me. It's representative of me. So it's kind of a little mix. I sprinkle a little bit of everything. And what's your goal? Like, what's your personal goal with Instagram? Is it to, to grow your page? Is it just to maintain what you have? Is it, you know, what, someone in your position, what are you trying to do with, with social media? Because I know a lot of people, including myself, mm -hmm. are trying to figure it out. Like, uh, that, it's funny. My girlfriend who owns a business, we talk about this all the time. And when we were off camera, we were kind of talking about it a little bit. I try not to put too many... Um, I, I try not to put too much pressure on myself when it comes to social media because social media can be very um, fickle. And we live in this age where things change like that and um, something can go viral really quickly that you would be like, what? What the heck? And you could put a lot of thought into something and, and not get very much engagement and be like, oh my gosh. So I try not to put a lot of expectations um, as far as like, I need to have this many followers or likes because you can have all the followers in the world, but if they aren't your market and they're not, then they're not going to buy from you. So I would rather have quality over quantity. So I'm just, honestly, my goal is to be authentic in everything that I do um, and hopefully make a difference. Like if something that I put out there can help somebody or inspire them in some way or make them laugh, then I feel like I'm doing my job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earlier you talked about your mom saying, just make sure whatever you do, you love what you do. Yeah. You've created this reality for yourself. Mm -hmm. But again, you put in the work, you've done the vision boards, 
you work towards it, you take the action, and you're working hard every day. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that are stuck in a job or in a career, or they went to school for nursing and they just don't enjoy it, they mm -hmm. want to do something else, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for, for those folks that are not living their, their dream? Right. Um, so it sounds easy. Do what you love. It's not. And I was fortunate when I started my company, I was married at the time, and my husband, I, I knew that if I needed help, he was there. I mean, we were a team. So it gave me the confidence to go out on my own. Not everybody has that comfort and that luxury and um, that support. So it's hard for people to do. Maybe they're in a job that they hate because they need the money. And um, I think that find a mentor. Mentors are huge. I love mentors. Find a mentor. Um, I love the saying, dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. Put your mindset there. Um, find a mentor, number one, that's doing what you want to do, not just a, anybody. Um, and go a little deeper on that because people may say, okay, easy to say, find a mentor. How, 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 how does someone do it? I mean, a mentor doesn't have to be Tony Robbins. It doesn't even, I mean, it could be. It doesn't have to be somebody you know. It could be, it could be Tony Robbins. It could be somebody that you know. It could be a neighbor. Um, think about it. Give it some, like, really give it thought. Like, okay, what do I want to do? What is, what do I want my future to look like? Where do I want to see myself? What is it that I want to do? And then, okay, who do I know that does that? whether they're tangible and you can reach out and call them up, or whether it's, it's a celebrity broadcaster in LA, um, and follow them. If you can't physically talk to them, follow them, watch their movements. I mean, we have enough resources at our disposal that you can be mentored by somebody without them calling you up and asking you what you're doing. See what they do. I mean, they're, if they're posting on Twitter, if they have a blog, if they have a website, follow them. What do they do? Who, who are they following? Um, and then if it is local, talk to them. And, and I think when you're accountable to somebody, that's why one of the things that I always try to do is if I want to do something, I say it out loud and I tell people. If I post something that I'm gonna do something, then I need to follow through. Because I'm huge on that, you gotta follow through. If I say it, it's gonna happen. You know, when I said, oh, I'm gonna do a support group, would anybody, would anybody be interested if I started a support group? Well, I said it, now I've gotta back it up, you know? And, with anything that I do. So I think um, finding somebody that you can become accountable to, a mentor, um, it could be a pastor, it could be, like I said, somebody that works with you, it could be your boss, um, and ask them. Yeah. A lot of people are, they would be honored. They wanna help, They right? do, people yeah. do wanna help, you just have to ask. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Elisa, let's talk about something that's near and dear to your heart, and that is paint the night pink. Yes, Tell us pink. about it. Right. <laughs> um, Paint the Night Pink is an annual charity gala that raises money for the Falk Cancer Center Patient Services Fund at Arnett Health in Elmira, New York. And it is um, a phenomenal resource. So the patients that are undergoing cancer treatments at the Falk Center, it's a resource that they can tap into if they're eligible for, if they have, let's say they have um, a cost or something comes up, a financial obligation that comes up while they're undergoing treatment mm. that they can't afford and insurance doesn't cover. Now this could be medication, it could be related to that, or it could be their electric bill. Mm. Their, their electric's gonna get turned off, or they need a sitter for their dogs when they're in treatment, or maybe gas to and from treatments, or somebody coming in um, and they need lodging. 
it's a variety of things. Um, they do have, I don't know all of the requirements and restrictions, but um, it's, it's pretty vast. And it's a resource that these patients can tap into because when you're going through, I mean, cancer, you're going through treatments. I mean, it's emotional. It's draining. It's scary. It's financial. I mean, it's every emotion you can imagine. It doesn't just affect you. It affects your whole family. So if this can ease up some of the financial burden, um, then that's awesome. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. How did it come to be? So my mother was diagnosed with um, breast cancer, an aggressive form of breast cancer, about four years ago. And it was, it was definitely a shock to everybody. We never, I mean, just, it's not something that you think about. And until you go through something, you're not, like, sensitive to Not that you're not sensitive to it. That's not what I mean. But you just don't think about it. You know, it's not on the forefront, like, oh, this could happen. So all of a sudden, you're faced with something, and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? But she was diagnosed. And it was just kind of a whirlwind from that point. And I was the primary caretaker of my mom. Um, I took her to 90% of her procedures, appointments, you name it. I mean, they, she's so funny. <laughs> she had a, um, a, an MRI where they, you know, you go in the tube and we're like claustrophobic. Like our family is cuckoo when it comes to that. And she's like, I can't go in there. And I'm like, I'm right here. And <laughs> so they had to, um, I had to convince them to allow me to go in the room with her because she just, I mean, it was terrifying for her. Right. And so we went in together and they, they're like sectioning us off and they're like behind the window. I'm like, should I be in here? <laughs> and I remember sitting outside the tube and I was able to hold her hands. You know, she was doing the Superman and um, she could see me. She was looking in this little mirror um, that bounced up and I could see her and I was able to hold her hand. And it was so funny because I had a pair of boots on that had like a little zipper or something and the magnetic um the machine was magnetic and my leg went, <laughs> it went up it like grabbed the the like it was like a magnet and I was like oh my but um you know I'm in there with her and it's it's intense it's intimidating and they told her um if you can't handle it or if it gets a little scary give us like you know give us something you know and I remember, I remember I'm kind of getting off topic but um I'm holding her hand and I'm like you're doing great and she was like saying something but I'm just like you're good Good. Well, she was yelling, this is too much. Oh. I'm done. And I'm just like, yeah, you're great. And she ended up getting through it. And um, afterwards, <laughs> she was like, nobody, you guys weren't listening. I was telling you. But um, so I was, I was there for everything with her. And in the beginning, when you first get diagnosed with something like that, everybody's like, oh, you need a second opinions, two, three, four opinions. So we started researching, um, researching all of that. But we met with the doctors at Arnett, and we loved them. We felt very comfortable with them, and for us, the option to go somewhere out of town really wasn't feasible. I mean, how am I going to work, maintain what I need to maintain, take care of my mom, and take her to all of her treatments? Um, she had 52 weeks of chemo. Wow. She had surgery. She had nine weeks of radiation. I mean, it was aggressive protocol. And then in addition, all these, the PET scans, the CAT scans, the monitoring. So um, we were really fortunate that we were able to do her treatments local. And the care, the level of care that she got was second to none. So we had a, as enjoyable an experience as we could have considering the circumstances. Um, and in her last year, she was finalizing her treatments. We wanted to do something to kind of give back and like thank the staff there and 
I throw events. That's what I do. ECG, we are an event staffing agent, event agency, and why don't we do why don't we do a gala? We'll raise money and we'll get the community involved. I'll sell sponsors, sponsorships, and my mom was like, "Let's do it." And she's such a go-getter. And um, in fact, there were times where she'd like, "Did you do this? Did you do this?" And I'm like, "I got it, mom. <laughs> I'm gonna knock you out." <laughs> um, but she was. She was. I put together a committee of volunteers. And we, we just did it. So we're able to build recognition and awareness of this amazing facility in our backyard, which I didn't even know existed until right. my mom was diagnosed. Um, thank the staff there for you know, saving lives and just being such an integral part in people's journey and treatments and also give back to the patients. And you've raised a lot of money. We did, just about $100,000. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah, next year is our fifth year. Oh, congratulations. I know, thank That's you. That's great. It's exciting. It's, it's turned into something much bigger than I even imagined. And it's, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than my mom, and it's become the like, premier event wow. of, our, of our area. That's like, it's, it's really exciting. I have people who, I mean, they go all out for this. They plan in advance for what they're going to wear. A friend of mine had shoes that were custom made that said paint the night pink on them. Wow. And it's just, it's, it's become like a movement. Yeah. And how's your mom doing? She's good. She's in remission. Great. And, you know, she still has her moments. She still takes um, some medication daily. But she's... She's great. She's on the other end, and you know she's she's a resource to her friends, and she's got a great network. And I think I think that's important. You know, have that support. Like with anything, um, talk about it. You know, yeah. support each other. Don't be don't be afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Lisa, you mentioned your divorce earlier, mm -hmm. and um, you talk about going through two divorces, once when you were a child, and then as an adult, mm -hmm. can we talk about it? Because it's not a subject that, that's really talked about much out right. in the open. But you have so much to offer that I feel um, your insight could help others. Mm -hmm. So my parents divorced when I was two, very little. And my father lives local, but we don't have, we're not super close. Um, he wasn't really involved in our life growing up. Um, just he, you know, he remarried and, and had another family and I wish he was more involved, but he wasn't. I'm not angry about that at all. And I still love him just as much. Um, to me, it's more sad that I don't know him better. I don't know my half siblings more. Um, and that he doesn't know us, you know, my brother, my sister and I, the way that I think a parent should. I think we're pretty awesome so he's missing out um but it has been you know i've watched my mom overcome so much because of it raising three children on her own she was my role model i mean she made sure that we had everything that we could ever want um, we were always involved in everything i mean i did dance and cheerleading my brother was in sports my sister she tried a lot of things <laughs> she never really found her niche, but my mom was like, oh, pets? All right, well, we'll have a bunny, we'll have a dog, we'll have cats, we'll have this. Oh, you want to play an instrument? She played the drums, she played the clarinet. Like, she just, she was so supportive. And she's still, like, my biggest cheerleader. So watching her go through that, and um, I don't, it just, divorce affects every element. And I, I remember, I never want to, I never want to do that. I never want to go through that. I never want to experience that. And then, you know, when I got married, we had an amazing marriage. And 
Um, we were like the couple that everybody else kind of looked up to, especially in my family. And when we started to have problems, it was, it was devastating to everybody. And our divorce, honestly, was devastating to everybody. Our family members were heartbroken. I remember my brother, he, um, he said, well, if you guys can't make it, nobody can. I'm never getting married. And that actually makes me want to cry because I never wanted to set that kind of an example. Our nieces and nephews, um, I wanted, I mean, they, like, they looked up to us. So I think um, not being able to succeed at that, it broke me. I know it broke him. I mean, we've both moved on, but it was a heartbreaking experience. It was the hardest thing that I've ever been through. And I've been through a lot of hard things, but... And you're not one to give up, right? right. So that probably made it even more difficult. Yeah, we did. I mean, we were we went through a lot of difficult things, so it was hard. And I think, um, you know, sometimes it just... I don't know. It's taken me a long time to get over it. It really has. Um, I think we both, well, I know we both could have tried harder. And when we, when one tried, the other wasn't trying. So I think if there's anything that I, and again, I don't want to say I have regrets, but I wish that I had tried harder at certain times when he was trying. But at the same time, I was in such um, a negative place. Like I, was in, I was hurting so much from fertility things that we were going through, and, and we were just we were hurting each other at this point um, that I wasn't able to try when he was trying and, and so on. So I've learned a lot, and I actually um, I'm I'm open about our story and and things that you know transpired during our separation and what led to the separation, and I was able to help a friend who was going through a similar situation and. And her and her husband are actually doing great now. So I, I feel really, really thankful because I learned so much and I grew closer to God, my relationship with God, with, um, I don't know. And now I can help people because yeah. of what I went through. Wow. So, great. yeah. I think you should write a book. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't Seriously. know. Seriously. That's the next step. Well, and, and, I, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but really with your journaling, mm-hmm. I mean... You have so much to offer based on your experience. And look, I mean, it's okay, right? At the end of the day, things happen. They do. And, and, but you've got past them. Right. And you still, you know, you're still doing the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will go the other way. Maybe after a divorce, they'll go in the other direction. Right. So it's very inspiring to, to sit here, to, you know, allow you to express yourself, mm-hmm. but then also say, wow. You know, and you're not done yet. You're just getting started. <laughs> I know. I that's, know. That's I feel that part. way. Yeah. How important was the journaling, speaking of writing? I still do it. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think um, always waking up with a grateful heart. I mean, my morning routine, I pray on my way to work every morning. I go through my prayers and everything that I'm thankful for. And then I go into what I, you know, praying and what I'm asking for and praying for other people. And I just, I go through all of that. Um, but journaling and writing things down is really important. It gives you a reference to go back to. Um, it helps you maybe sometimes identify things that you didn't really realize. And it could be menial to you at the time, but it ends up being something really great. And I think um, it's a very powerful, simple, but powerful tool. 
what's next for you? What have you not done yet? What's on that vision board <laughs> that you could let us in a little bit of insight to where you want to go oh, as an individual? Right now, um, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm not sure. There's so many things that I want to do. Um, I love like real estate. I bought my first rental property last August. Awesome. So um, my ex-husband and I, we did that together, and I, I enjoyed it. So um, I learned a lot from, from him and from that experience. So I bought my first rental property in August. So I'm looking forward to um, doing more of that. And I, I'm going to do a little rebranding with ECG Promotions um, and keep that going because I love what I've created. And I would love to do some TV. Yeah. And when you say that, what exactly what, what would you like to do? I don't know. Uh, something huge. Um, no, I, I would love to do more TV. I do a little bit here and there with um, some of the resources that we have. Big Fox is an affiliate of ours, and um, I do some moonlighting with them. But I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it looks like. I'm kind of waiting for that to come and putting that out there. But, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I have no doubt that you'll, <laughs> <laughs> you'll reach that goal soon. Yeah, thank you. Great. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Um, I appreciate your openness mm -hmm. more than anything, because many people hold hold stuff inside, and um, it's just a wonderful trait. Well, you were a mentor. I mean, you've always been somebody that I've looked up to. I've known you for fifteen plus years, maybe. It's hard to it's hard to count, but I I mean, I followed you on this journey since you started, and. I have watched you. I mean, you've always been a hustler and a go-getter, and you've always, same thing, you've said something, you've put it into action, and you've created a beautiful life. You've got a beautiful family, and you've always worked really hard, and I've always looked at you as somebody who's successful and who goes after what they want. So I've always been inspired by you. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you for everything that you do. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, appreciate it. <laughs> um, the last question that I ask oh boy. every guest. <laughs> uh -huh. You're still young, very young. At it's the debatable. End of the day, down the road, looking way down the road. Mm -hmm. What type of legacy do you want to leave here? This is actually, um, I pray every morning. This is in my prayers. I just, I want to inspire people, whatever that looks like. I want to be a role model and a leader I, I want others to feel love and see love when they are around me. And um, really, that's it. I, whatever that may look like to them, however, I, I might be able to inspire them. And we were kind of talking before, but you never know what, um, what you do that's going to affect somebody. And so I always just want to be, um, I want to do everything gracefully. And I want, um, I don't know, I, just, I want to make people smile and feel supported and encouraged and whatever that may be. I, I don't necessarily know because I, I mean, I'm involved in so many different things. But um, if I can encourage somebody to be the best version of themselves in any way. And I think you're doing that already. You're living <laughs> that every single day. So it's wonderful. If people want to contact you, what's the best way to reach out? Uh, what, what, do you have a website you could tell us about or, or social media? 
Yeah, I mean, social media right now is probably the easiest way. I mean, I've got a website and email and stuff, but I'm all over social media, Alisa Marie Trosha, um, Instagram, Alisa Lulu, and um, and from there, you know, I'm, I'm very accessible. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. And many people don't know this, but your nickname is <laughs> Gigs, right? Yes. Yes. Because you like to laugh. Yes. I moved here, gosh, right after high school and met a mutual friend of ours, and she, uh, she nicknamed me Gigs because I guess I laugh a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. It's funny, actually, too, because there were so many people that didn't know my real name here. They knew you as Gigs. Right. And they were like, oh, wait, who? Alisa? Who's that? That's Gigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I can't, can't wait to follow your journey. Thank you. Hereafter. Yeah. Um, think about that book because I think it's something you really but. should do. <laughs> it will help you if you want. I know, Mr. <laughs> Author over here. And um, no, it's just a pleasure to sit down, have a nice conversation, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to benefit from it. Thank you. So, Elisa, thanks so much, and welcome to the American Real Family. Thank you. And you owe me some quesadillas. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I promise this time. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. At American Real, we're on a mission to help as many people around the world fulfill their dreams and obtain their goals. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me and podcast your passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.